I talk into the, to uh, I talk to the the, the, uh, the my, this thing here. Okay, so I talk here. Okay. Uh, yeah. Once again, uh, it's been two or three years since the last podcast. Uh man. Thank you guys for comments and emails and stuff. It's really appreciated. I have been trying my ass off to do a podcast, but I'm so busy now. Um, I the will is there. I totally want to do it all the time, and I just don't have time. But I'm doing one now. Well, okay, I'm just gonna do actually just five minutes of one, and then I'll just re- I'm I'm gonna release them in five minute increments now. So it's gonna be somewhere around two two point. Three million podcasts, I think, to get through the whole Bible. So, so more content at least. Uh, you have that to look forward to. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, I'm sure this shtick is getting old, so I'll stop pre- <laughs> pretending like I don't know how to do a podcast anymore. Although I don't. Something sounds weird, so I hope this sounds the same. I don't know. I just use my last settings. Whatever. Yeah, Judges chapter 6. Boring old judges. Uh, I'll just get right into it. Is there something else I was going to say? No, I don't think so. Yeah, just another thanks to the supportive people who have been leaving comments and stuff. And keep doing it. It keeps me... uh, If I had no comments or emails or anything, I definitely would not be doing podcasts anymore. But as it is, I mean, it's barely enough to get me to keep going just because I have so little time. But... It's really appreciated, and I really am glad that uh, – I'm just glad people get anything out of this. I don't know. I, it's hard for me to really see what I, – I don't know. Anyway, uh, enough of that. Bible. <clears throat> and the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. Wow, what do you know? Right off the bat. So I let the, I'm good on the Bible for making me feel like I never left. <laughs> Because um, if there's anything I remember from reading it for the last year or whatever it's been, 200 years, uh, it's that the idiot Israelites just keep screwing it up and keep having to be redeemed by somebody and then they'll forget about God again. It's just, I, I don't remember much, but there's no possible way I could not remember this because it's lap three or four. So, hmm. Even after not doing it for months, it's still intolerable how uh, how repetitive it is. But we'll get through it. We'll get through it together. We're good for each other that way, I think. And the hand of... Oh, my audio just skipped out. Hopefully it's still going to work. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. And because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midians, Midianites came up, and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them, and they encamped against them, and destroyed the increase of the earth, till thou come unto Gaza, and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass. For they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. So, um, <clears throat> oh, this was poor planning. I didn't read over my notes ahead of time, and I wrote these notes like a, a month or two ago. Let's see, what was I going to say here? Hmm. I think I was going to offer some guesses as to what might happen next. So, yeah, so just based on the pattern of what we've been reading, um, one guess is that the people will just finally figure it out and be good, you know, like citizens and worship God and and the Lord will stop complaining and it'll end in a few paragraphs. That's one guess. That's just one one possibility. Or uh, I guess on the opposite side of that spectrum... Um, maybe God will just wipe them all out. But probably the most likely guess is something like this. Um, perhaps uh, someone will arise, a judge, if you will, 
uh, and will sort of help uh, the Israelites for a bit and they'll be great for a little bit and then uh, another generation will come up and they'll be sh- just shit and just not worship God and not really, you know. I don't know where I'm getting this. I, this is just complete, complete guess. Shot in the dark. I swear I have not even read this ever. <laughs> I, I, hand to God, have not ever read this. Okay, that's an exaggeration. But I did read this part a while ago, so I don't really remember. I might have just ruined my own whatever joke that was supposed to be. I don't remember. I just write very vague notes. So whatever that was, just, just laugh and just, ah, funny. Um, it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, and I brought you forth out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and to the houses of the holy. Great album. And out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drave them out before you and gave you their land. That was very nice of you to give them someone else's land. I, such a nice... For God, that's sort of like the... God is the worst like re-gifter. He has no... Birthdays and Christmas, He he has like... Anything he gives really is regifting, right? Because I mean, he already made everything, so it's not, I guess he doesn't have a lot of options in that in that case. He just ah, uh, here, uh, hold on, let me just wipe out some people. <laughs> okay, I killed all those people. Hey, uh, there's some land. I <laughs> oh, <yeah>, close your eyes. <laughs> now, now come over here and open your eyes. Now ignore the carcasses of millions of dead humans. Um, I'll I'll clean those up in a little bit. But this is your present. It's uh, it's some land that I made you um, uh, a while ago and went through some owners. But um, but it's in good shape. You know, not, not too many miles on it. It's uh, I think this land's going to be around for another few billion years. Uh, what the hell was I talking about? Um, there came an angel of the Lord. I probably already said that. Oh, gave you their land. No, that was the last thing I said. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. <laughs> Ignore those dead gods from the dead people that I had you kill. Um, but ye have not obeyed my voice. And there came an angel of the Lord. Not sure why that's relevant, but it's okay. Uh, and sat under an oak, which was in Ophrah. Almost looks like Oprah, but with an extra H. <clears throat> Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abizrite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. Hmm, don't really know why. suppose there's some backstory to that, but I don't care. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor, for fleshing all that wheat your flesh. Because it takes a big man to flesh wheat. Um, it takes a strong, courageous man. The wheat fights back sometimes. And Gideon said unto him, O oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord, excuse me, hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? Have not I sent thee, rather, and it's the same thing. And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Well, surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And uh, he ran straight wildly into the Midianite army and was promptly killed. But the, but then the Lord picked up another guy and he said, "Sorry, I'm going to be more literal next time and not uh, the last one did not sort of get what I was the, the sort of a metaphor. Uh, I didn't literally mean that that he was going to take on the entire Midianite army. But anyway, I'm going to be clearer this time. So uh, you're my new guy. No, and he said to him. If now I have found grace in thy sight, then shew me a sign that thou talkest with me. I don't understand. Isn't he talking to him right now? 
Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee, and bring forth my present, and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. Okay, too many pronouns, because I don't know who just said what to whom and what it meant. But I think uh, idiot uh, Gideon Gideon said, um, I need a sign, even though he's talking to an angel. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) he probably said, he's talking to this angel. He's like, Lord, can you just give me a sign? Lord's like, is he, is he serious? I, he's, does he not? So I, so an angel is not enough now. I I need to, you're talking to a frigging angel. What do you, is that not a sign? Oh man, if only I had some sign that, that God, you know, that this is God's way. Yeah. You're talking to probably a thing that's like flying or something. I don't know. Maybe they had looser standards for angels back then. I don't know, but I would assume that it's got like wings or something. I, I don't, and if it doesn't, like, how do you know you're not just talking to some crazy guy? You know, I mean, maybe it's just some dude that's just like telling him things. So maybe that's it. Maybe that's why he needs a sign. I don't know. I assume if he's talking to an angel. I just think God must be dumbfounded right now. Like, does this guy really? He doesn't. Does he? I, just, I sent an angel. Like, what do I? What do I need to do? Do I need to? Do I need to send like just like like fifty angel? Like, what? How's it's an angel that came from here? Like, anyway. And Gideon went in and made ready a kid. Uh, and unleavened cakes of an ephah of flour, the flesh he put in a basket, and he put the broth in a pot, and he brought it out unto him, I guess the angel, under the oak, and presented it. And the angel said, uh, WTF am I supposed to do with this? What, what in the world? Does, I don't, I'm an angel. Do not, maybe, Gideon, maybe you're, you're having, <laughs> sorry, you don't understand what an angel is. Okay, let me explain. Uh, I don't eat, first of all. Like, I, I don't need all the food you just, like, what is, I, I don't, what, why would I have a stomach? Like, why is, why? Do you think I need to, why would I have organs? Like, do you think I need, in heaven, like, I need, I need to eat things? Like, why would, that's just an idiot thing we had humans do just, just for fun, just to laugh at you. Like, <laughs> like pooping? Like, we just, we just came up with that just as like a joke. We don't, we don't do that in heaven. There's no, you don't, it's, so first of all. So secondly, uh, when you're talking to an angel, that, that should be, that's sign enough, you know, that's, anyway, uh, I, I won't uh, keep beating that dead horse. And the angel of God said unto him, take the flesh and unleavened cakes and lay them upon this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. So I think the, the angel was a kind person and decided to make Gideon feel like he was he was doing something. So Gideon brings him out some food and he's like, oh, oh, you didn't have to do that. That's, wow, food. I've, oh, man, you know what? Okay, so there's a special way that us angels need to eat, okay? Um, again, really appreciate the food. Uh, why don't you, yeah, okay, so put the uh, those cake things on that rock over there, yeah, uh-huh, and, um, and pour the broth, uh, and count to five, and hop up and down a couple times, and, and, and that's, and that's how we eat, and that's, that's how it's done, so, and I'll be full, thank you, I, thank you, um, anyway, can we get to things that are real, like, let's, we, let's move on, um, and the angel of the Lord, put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes. And there rose up a fire out of the rock and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. And then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Um, so yeah, that was just sort of a magic-y way of getting rid of food, which is worthless to an angel. So that was, he was just like, oh, uh, oh thank you. Thank, for, thank you for that food, worthless food. Anyway, I asked for uh, gift cards, but uh, food is also good. It's not really what I wanted, but it's fine. Thank you. And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. Ever? Wow. So where is Gideon? Is he... He must be here. He must be... Do you guys know where he is? He must... 
He, that would be, you know, that would be pretty solid proof of the Bible's truth, you know. <laughs> if Gideon was just still around, it was like, yeah, that's, I was there. That was all me. I'm like a billion right now. I'm a million years old. I'd be like, oh, okay. I count, consider me a believer. I am, I believeth. That's, I'm in, whatever. Uh, then Gideon built an altar there under the Lord and called it Jehovah-Shalom. Unto this day, it is yet in Ophrah the, of the Avarites. They keep saying unto this day, but I think this was written like three days later. So, <laughs> so it was not as impressive as it sounds. And unto this very day, as the paint is not yet dry on the altar, and unto this very day it stands... And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock. Not thy father's bullocks, though, but <laughs> that's a different, different story. Take, take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of, the seven, of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it. And build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place and take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down. And Gideon took ten men of his servants and... Wow, ten men of his servants. I thought he said he was like a lesser man. He has not just ten servants but like tons of them and he picked ten. That's... He's doing fine. What does he need any of this for? And did as the Lord said unto him. And so it was, because he feared his father's household and the men of the city, that he could not do it by day, that he did it by night. That is the other option. That's not day. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down, and the grove was cut down that was by it. And the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. And they said to one another, who hath done this thing? And when they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, uh, Gideon, the son of Joash, hath done this thing. Wow. Somebody sold him out pretty immediately. Who hath done... Gideon. Oh, okay. I, I, hmm, I feel like I, I should at least finish my sentence. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, go ahead. Who hath done this thing? Gideon. Okay, all right. So I, just so we know, we're talking about the same thing. That's all. Then the men of the city, uh, Sidian said unto of men of the city, said unto Joash, Bring out thy son, that he may die, because he hath cast down the altar of Baal, and because he hath cut down the grove that was by it. And Joash said to all that stood against him, Will ye plead for Baal? Will ye save him? He that will plead for him, let him be put to death, whilst it is yet morning. If he be a god, let him plead for himself, because one hath cast down his altar. Therefore on that day he called him Jerubael, saying, Let Baal plead against him, because he hath thrown down his altar. Um, yeah, actually that's a nice bit of logic that anybody else could have used for any god. <laughs> could use for this god. That he, 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 So uh, Gideon like poops on... I'm making a lot of poop jokes. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Uh, pees on the... No, pushes over the uh, altar... Uh, of Baal and and Gideon's dad comes says, uh, you know, because the people are like, oh, put him to death, he must die for doing that. And Gideon, uh, Gideon's dad says like, well, sure, if he must die, if I tell you what, let's ask Baal, let's have Baal come down here, and uh, and and he can put my son to that. He he can make his case against my son, and they must have been like, uh. Well, I I can't really say a way out of this. Um, sure, I guess we'll have to agree to that. And their God was disproven, just like that. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet and blew a gasket. And Abiezer was gathered after him. And he sent messenger, messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also was gathered after him. And he sent messengers unto Asher, unto Zebulun, unto Naphtali, and they came up to meet them. And Gideon said unto God, this must be nice to just say things to God, If thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said, behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor, 
And if the dew be on the fleece only, and it be dry upon all the earth beside, then I shall know that thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said. And it was so, for he rose up early on the morrow, uh, and thrust the fleece together, and wring the dew out of the fleece, and a bowl full of water. Uh, and Gideon said unto God, Let not thine anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this only once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry, only upon the fleece, and upon all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on the ground. End of chapter. So, <laughs> that's... Um, effing ridiculous, by the way. I don't get it. Why does God have to be all discreet now? Like, are they, are they in a spy film where they can't communicate direct? Like, like Gideon was just ta- conversing directly with an angel <laughs> two seconds ago, but now he's like, oh God, give me a sign. And uh, if I were God, and I heard, and I heard Gideon say, Lord, if you want me to save Israel, I will leave this fleece here, and in the morning, if if it is wet, but the, the ground is dry, I'll take that. And God's like, well, uh, Gideon, that's that's fine, but um, I, I could just as easily just tell you what I, what I want you to do. And Gideon says, no, no, I only speak through obscure fleece-related miracles and nothing else. God's like, uh, okay, I mean, I could tell you what, I could write something on the fleece to you just, just so I can give you more details about, you know, what my plans are. No, 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 stick to the plan. If the fleece is wet, but the ground is dry, then I'll, I'll know that it's you. And then he does that. And then he's like, okay, one more, one more time. Reverse that. If the fleece is dry and the ground is wet, just whatever the opposite, well, I already forget. Whatever the opposite of that was, do that. And so God does that. He's like, okay, now, now, now make the ground dry, the fleece half wet, half dry, and blue. So God does that. I, th- I think Gideon just is trying to find ways out of this. Like, it's like maybe if I just come up with a bunch of things, God won't actually do it, and then and then I don't have to do anything. Maybe that's it. I don't really, really bizarre. Anyway, next chapter, chapter seven. Then Jeroboam, who is Gideon, hmm, interesting bit of bit plot twist there. I didn't. That's weird. And all the people that were with him rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand hath saved me. Now, therefore, go to. Proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. Excuse me, I seem to be burpy tonight. Apologies. And there returned of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. And the Lord said unto Gideon, eh, These people are yet too many still. Bring them down under the water, and I will try them for thee here. And it shall be, that of whom I say unto thee, This shall go with thee. The same shall go with thee, and of whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. That was a really, really long way of saying, um, I'll tell you who's going. That's all he said. He had to say, whoever I say shall go, shall go, and whoever I say shall not go, those same people shall not go. It's once again, just trying to up the word count, just to be more respectable, I guess. I don't know. So he brought down the people under the water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, Every one that hath lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Like, so any dogs, I guess. Do people do that? And uh, likewise, every one that boweth down upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were three hundred men, but all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink the water. Weird, Okay. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lapped will I save you, and deliver the Midianites into thine hand, and let all the other people go, every man unto his place. Okay, so wait until, if you didn't understand all that, wait until you hear how douchey God is this time. Just how amazingly douchey in such original, awesome, douchey God ways. So, 
uh, what happened was God decided that Gideon had too many people to conquer the Midianites, <laughs> meaning it would be too easy. And God didn't want Gideon or the people to be able to like claim credit. So he's like, no, nah, you have too many guys. If you kill them, then they'll never know that I did it. They'll think that you did it. It's like, well, yeah, maybe he did do it. Like why? Whatever. Anyway. So, um, so God, where am I here? God said, uh, what am I? so, so God reducing the number of people basically is what's happened. And, uh, I just want to ask God like, okay, so why are you doing this? And, and God would say, so, uh, I guess he would say something like some, the people will see my power and believe in me. And, uh, and I have to ask, as I ask so many times, um, those who believe in you in this book, God, uh, AKA, uh, not AKA, but, uh, for example, Abraham, you know, Moses, Joshua, why have they believed in you? God would say, well, uh, because I, I come down and I speak to them and I tell them what to do and I, you know, tell them to believe in me and that kind of thing. Oh, okay. Okay. So, and, and just, uh, just forgive me if I've asked you this before, but you are still infinitely powerful, right? God would say, sure, yeah, of course. Okay, so so I'm sure he sees where this line of questioning is going. Um, but just, just pretend. Uh, so why don't... Ah, just an idea. And I, I feel like I must have mentioned this before. But just in case I didn't. Why not just talk to everyone directly? Instead of all this backwards crap you do with conquering each other and then proving... Like, how about just do whatever you do to the people you talk directly to? Just do that for everyone. <laughs> and then, magically, I bet you you would have a whole lot of believers and followers. No, no response? I can't think of a possible response to that, so I'm sure God would be speechless. So the people took vittles in their hand and their trumpets and sent all the rest of Israel, every man, unto his tent and retained those 300 men. The host of Midian was beneath him in the valley. It came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down unto the host, for I have delivered it into thine hand. But if thou fear to go down, go thou with Phurah thy servant to the host, and thou shalt hear what they say. And afterward shall thine hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. Then went he down with Phurah his servant, unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host and the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the, hold on. So I'm going to use this as example 80 bazillion of why this is obviously fake. Um, and, and all this is just false, not real. <gasps> Shocking. Shocking revelation happening here. Um, so, okay. So God is talking to Gideon. We've established this directly. And uh, and he's saying, I delivered the people unto you, you know, but, but Gideon's still scared. Um, now, the simple, just completely obvious point I'm going to make, I'm, I'm not claiming I'm a genius for thinking of this. This is, everybody should be thinking this all the time when they're reading, any reader, any potential reader. Um, but I'm going to say it um, just simply because it seems to me that uh, with 80, 85% of Americans believing this garbage or whatever it is, um, I'm, I'm going to assume that means millions of people are reading this and not realizing how stupid it is. So just allow me to point out, uh, God is talking directly to you, like all-powerful Mr. God. I bet that is that would be a life-shattering thing to hear the voice of God talking to you. I, th I think, so if we accept the premise of this stupid book, that this guy is actually, God is actually talking to this guy, he's hearing him speak words to him, like, I don't know, through his head or like in the sky or something. Um, and he's telling him in God speak that the host is delivered, like that he's, he's going to be fine, essentially. Um, how in the hell could he doubt what he's hearing right now? <laughs> what is... What does he think is happening? Does he think that tons of gods are does he does he have gods talking to him all the time and sometimes they're they don't hold their word like sometimes they're right and sometimes they're wrong. So Gideon's like, uh, "Look, God, I've uh, 
I've been burned like this before, um, so forgive me if I'm not all trusting. Uh, trust but verify, I think. What could he possibly think that would lead him not to trust what God is telling his head? Like, he's telling him, he's talking, God is talking to him. Could it be, could it be that maybe he wasn't really talking to God? <gasps> just, just, I know, just, just hold on, just... Just think of it. Entertain that notion. Um, <clears throat> the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along in the valley like grasshoppers for multitude, and their camels were without number as the sand by the sea for multitude. And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream. I dreamed a dream. And lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and came unto a tent and smote it that it fell and overturned it, that the tent lay along. I guess this was a dream somebody was having or something and somebody is interpreting it. And his fellow answered and said, There is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel, for into his hand hath God delivered Midian and all the host. And it was so, when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof, that he worshipped and returned to the host of Israel, saying, and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. And he divided the three hundred men into three companies of seventy. And he just, high school math, I'm very, I'm very sharp with the math. I just thought I did that myself. Uh, it doesn't even say. Honestly, the answer is not even, it just says three companies. But I did, the, I did that, I did the math for you. I, hold on, which calculator, button, I have a Windows calculator. Okay, three hundred divided by three. What did, what did I say? Did I... S <laughs> I have this feeling like I said something like 70, but it, that I, I, I said it was 100. 700. It just sort of sounded... Anyway, uh, then he put a trumpet in every man's hand of each of the three companies of 70 with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. And he said unto them, Look on me and do likewise. And behold... When I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so shall ye do. <laughs> do as I do, not as I say. Um, or whatever. And when I, <laughs> when I blow with a trumpet, and I and all that are with me, then blow ye the trumpets also on every side of all the camp, and say, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Say just that. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. That's Really? That's what you want to say? Okay. All right. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Really cool. I just like to think there would be one guy that's just negative about everything. Really? That's that's what you want us to say? The sword of the Lord and of Gideon? That doesn't... The sword of the Lord. I mean, it just sounds like a lot of horror sounds is all. I just don't... Okay, I'll say... All right. Whatever. If everybody else wants to say that, I'll say... That's fine. I just... Just next time you you should... I'm pretty good at that kind of thing. Next time just talk to me and I'll I'll come up with something better than that. But but this is this is fine. That's fine for now. So Gideon and the 300 men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch and they had but newly set the watch and they blew the trumpets and brake the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew the trumpets and brake the pitchers. I don't know what breaking B R A K E the pitchers means, but whatever, and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow with all. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And people inside were like, is that, that's what they were going, that's what they said? The sword of the Lord, is, are we, what does that mean? Are we afraid? What does that mean? Does anybody, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon, what does that mean? Is there a sword somewhere that we are worried about? What is, it could have been a little descriptive with their, a little more descriptive than the threats. I don't... Is that their battle cry? The sword of the Lord and Gideon? That's it? Boy, they should really should have somebody to talk to about these things. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp. And all the host ran and cried and fled. And the three hundred blew the trumpets. And the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow, even throughout all the host. And the host fled to Beth Shittah and Zerath and Zerarath and to the border of Abel-Meloha, unto Tabith. Um, <clears throat> this reminds me of that one movie, um, The 300. That's it. I don't, I don't, there's, that's not a joke. I'm just saying there's, 
I'm not trying to make a joke out of it. Like like a joke where I can't remember what the name of that movie is or whatever. I'm just saying that reminds me of the 300 because there's just, well, it's just there's 300 guys and the movie was about 300 guys. So there's, you're not expecting like a punchline or something. I was just, that was just an observation that I was sort of reminded of, of, of the movie, the 300. Um, okay. So now I've made that observation. I'll just move on now. And the men of Israel gathered themselves together out of Naphtali and out of Asher and out of uh, and out of all Manasseh and pursued after the Midianites. And Gideon sent messengers throughout all Mount Ephraim, saying, "Come down against the Midianites and take before the one, them the waters unto Beth Barah and Jordan." Then all the men of Ephraim gathered themselves together and took the waters unto Beth Barah and Jordan, and they took two princes of Midianites. Oreb and Zeb, and they slew Oreb upon the rock. Um, wait a minute. Okay, so now you need other people's help. Because he just said, he just said, uh, then all the men of Ephraim and... Oh yeah, Gideon sent messengers. That's what happened. He sent messengers throughout Ephraim saying, come down against the Midianites. So now he needs people's help. So he just wanted to... You know, maybe he just wanted to minimize his own casualties. Like, uh... Look, Gideon, that could have been the rest of your people helping you instead of the surrounding townsfolk, you know. You could have, you had people, I think, that you left. Or are those, these those people? I don't know. Who cares? Anyway, moving on. And they took two princes of the Midianites, Oreb and Zeb, and they slew Oreb upon the rock Oreb, and Zeb they slew at the winepress of Zeb. Huh, that's, that is a coincidence right there. I'm amazed that those weren't reversed or something. What are the odds? And pursued Midian and brought the heads of Orab and Zeb to Gideon on the other side, Jordan. End of that chapter. And we are going to our final chapter. Feels pretty damn good to be possibly finishing a podcast pretty soon. The men of Ephraim said unto him, Why hast thou served us thus, that thou called us not, calledst us not, actually says calledst, calledst us not, when thou wentest to fight the Midianites. Um, yeah, apparently the people he left behind heard my little complaint and they're just wondering why they didn't get to do anything. I think that's what's happening. Uh, anyway, and they did chide with him sharply. And he said unto them, What have I done now in comparison to you? It's, it took me a lot of reading to figure out what is going on here. It's really odd. Is not the gleaning of grapes, of the grapes of Ephraim, better than the vintage of Ebezer? And uh, so basically somebody's mad about not getting to do enough and Gideon is like trying to appease them, I think. God hath delivered into your hands the princes of Midian, Oreb, and Zeb. What was I able to do in comparison to you? Then their anger was abated toward him when he had said that. So I love how simplified this must be. Like... <laughs> Like, what What happened? What is this actual scene? What What does that really look like? So somebody comes up and he's like talking to Gideon. You know, they probably have some representative has like a crowd of angry people behind him. You know, he's like, hey, what, what, do you, what was that all about? Why did you, why didn't you call us when we were going to fight with the Midianites? You know, we're pissed, man. And then uh, Gideon, Mr. Uh, Wormtongue Gideon. Just has all the right answers. He says, What have I done in comparison of you? Is not the gleaning of grapes of Ephraim better than the vintage? So basically that's, he's just saying, even the grapes of your town are better than the finished wine of our town, I think is what he's saying, just as a really shitty, obvious, like false modesty. And then the guy's like, Wow, you know, that was a really nice thing to say. Yo, hey, guys. Uh, yeah, no, we were mad at them, uh, but we're not, he's, he said some nice things. I don't think we're mad at them anymore. We can just, he said something, I don't, I can't remember the exact wording, uh, but he said something like, like we're, we're awesome and our wine is better than theirs or something. I don't, whatever, it was really nice, it was really sweet. So just what, we're, uh, we're fine now, we're cool and everybody go home. Um. Yeah, so I guess that's that's how that went. I, it just seems so unrealistic. Like he says a couple like really dorky lines about how 
better. Anyway, and Gideon came to Jordan and passed over he and the 300 men. That reminds me of something that were with him. Faint yet pursuing them. And he said unto the men of Succoth, give, I pray you, loaves of bread unto the people that follow me, for they be faint. And I am pursuing after Zeba and Zalmunna, kings of Midian. And the princes of Succoth said, Are the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna now in thine hand that we should give bread unto thine army? And if, all right, if this is going to turn into some weird soap opera where I have to keep track of who's talking shit about who and who doesn't like who, I'm just not, I don't know that I have the energy for this. And Gideon said, Therefore, when the Lord hath delivered Zeba and Zalmunna into mine hand, then I will tear your flesh with the thorns of the wilderness and with briars. And uh, and he went up thence, to, whatever that, whatever just happened. And he went up thence to Penuel and spake unto them likewise. And the men of Penuel answered him as the men of Succoth had answered him. And he spake also unto the men of Penuel, saying, When I come again in peace, I will break down this tower. <laughs> that seems a little contradictory, don't you think? I, uh, anyway, I just, you know what? I better give this disclaimer now. I think I better say, if you expect me to keep track of all these idiots and why they're fighting with each other and whose feelings are hurt by what, just, you probably should find a new podcast. Just don't, I, I could probably figure this all out, but really, who cares? It's, I'm sure whoever the Gideon, whoever their current leader is, he's going to die in the next few years and then the next generation won't embrace God and whatever, blah, blah. It doesn't, I don't, this is not important. I, I, rest assured, I'll get the important stuff. Like the next time there's a Ten Commandments, I'll, I'll get that. But apart from that, no, I'm just kidding. I think uh, Gideon's trying to ask people for help and they're not giving him help essentially. And that's about all it is. <sighs> oh, there it is again, sorry. Oh, I can't help it. Now Zeba and Zalmana were in Karkor. And their hosts with them, about 15,000 men, all that were left of all the hosts of the children of the east, for there fell in 120,000 men that drew sword. And Gideon went up by the way of them that dwelt in tents on the east of Nobah and Jagbaha, and smote the host, for the host was secure. And when Zeba and Zalmanah fled, he pursued after them and took the two kings of Midian, Zeba and Zalmanah, and discomfited all the host. And we know what that means. <laughs> the entire host was like, oh. I know I've done this joke before, but I, I can't help it. Entire host was like, oh, oh God, I, this, oh, this horse, what happened to my horse? It's, oh, it's all lumpy and just, I can't, ow. Ah, my hip is kind of, it's kind of, this is, I cannot be comfortable on this horse. Am I, is, am I backwards? What happened to the, am I riding? No, that's not a horse butt. That's a horse head. Why is, God, I'm just, I am discomfited. I cannot even begin to, I've got to stop guys. I cannot, I can't do this. Are you, am I, am I the only one here? Uh, horse is really uncomfortable right now. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, what the hell was I saying? And Gideon, the son of Joash, returned from battle before the sun was up and caught a young man of the men of Succoth and inquired of him. And, and I, Okay, so I think what's happened is... Okay, so Gideon... And I'm, I'm, I regret having this knowledge in my brain. This is taking up space that anything else could take. But Gideon asked some people for help. And the people said... I think they were thinking like, oh, there's no way Gideon's going to survive. He's got 300 guys. He's pursuing a huge army. He'll be dead. So they said like, no, we're not going to help you. Um, you know, they're sort of picking their favorites. And then Gideon, of course, somehow through the help of God, a.k.a. whoever's writing this just made this up, I'm guessing, somehow defeats everybody. I don't know how. And then comes back and now is pissed. So that's that. I think that's what's happening. Uh, and Succoth is one of the sucky places that didn't help him. That's a good mnemonic there for when you never want to ever think about this again or remember it. 
Uh, and he inquired of him, and he described him unto the princes of Succoth and the elders thereof, even threescore and seventeen men. And he came unto the men of Succoth and said, Behold, Zeba and Zalmanah, with whom ye did upbraid me, saying, Are the hands of Zeba and Zalmanah on their hands, that we should give bread and the men that are weary? And he took the elders. That's how Gideon talked to them, because he's mad about what, what they did. Um, and, uh, and he took the elders of the city and thorns of the wilderness and briars, and with them he taught the men of Succoth. And he beat down the tower of Penuel. How do you beat down a tower? Just hit it really hard with a baseball bat over and over, and it just fell over. It was a really terrible tower, actually. It probably was... Hey, honestly, it probably was about ready to go, so that wasn't that big of a deal. And he slew the men of the city. Oh, just slew them all. How much killing can one person do? I don't understand how he... He killed like a host of a billion, and then he's killing the whole city, and beating down a tower with his bare hands. Like, what... I don't really believe all that's happening currently. Just a little buzzer going off in my brain saying, not quite believable. Then, uh, what is, okay. Then said he unto Zeba and Zalmanah, What manner of men were they whom ye slew at Tabor? And they answered, As thou art, so were they. Each one resembled the children of a king. Flattery will not help them. And he said, They were my brethren, even the sons of my mother, as the Lord liveth. If ye had saved them alive, I would not slay you. And they they said, Oh, okay, well, okay, so just next time we'll keep that in mind and, and, and we won't slay you. Um, and he said unto Jether, his first, firstborn, up and, up and slay them. <laughs> up and slay them. Up and at them. Uh, up and slay them. But the youth drew not his sword, for he feared because he was yet a youth. Don't know what the point of that is, but he didn't do something. Then Zeba and Zalmanah said, Rise thou, and fall upon us, for as the man is, so is his strength. And Gideon rose and slew Zeba and Zalmanah and took away the ornaments that were on their camel's necks. They were the ornaments that broke the camel's neck. And then the men of Israel said unto Gideon, Rule over us, both thou and thy son, who are apparently capable of infinite killing. Rule over us, because we're scared of you. And thy son's son also, for thou hast delivered us from the hand of Midian. Gideon said unto them, I will not rule over you, neither shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. People said, ah, I don't think that's going to work. That's not, doesn't, doesn't work. Yeah, invisible rulers just not, doesn't do it. We need get systems of government. We need justice systems. It just doesn't. And Gideon said unto them, I would desire a request of you, that ye would give me every man the earrings of his prey. Parenthetical, for they had golden earrings because they were Ishmaelites. End parentheses. And they answered, We will willingly give them. And they spread a garment and did cast therein every man the earrings of his prey. And the weight of the golden earrings that he requested was a thousand and seven hundred shekels of gold beside ornaments and collars and purple raiment that was on the kings of Midian beside the chains that were about their camels' necks. And Gideon made an ephod thereof and put in his city, even in Ophrah, and all Israel thither went a-whoring after it, which thing became a snare unto Gideon to his house. Interesting little subplot there. Gideon, in his infinite wisdom, decided to make like a gold thing, just because that's what you do when you conquer a town or whatever this is. And then everybody went whoring after it. That was that's, that was the end of that story. Thus was Midian subdued before the children of Israel, so that they lifted up their heads no more. And the country was quietness was in quietness forty years in the days of Gideon. And Jeroboam, the son of Joash, who is also Gideon, um, that's another name of his for no reason, went, dwelt, went and dwelt in his own house. And Gideon had threescore and ten sons of his body begotten, for he had many wives, Ha! There you go. Bible hero with tons of wives and like a hundred children. Family values right there. That's where all all the Christians from this country get their values from from a guy like Gideon who was the savior to the people. Uh, had about a billion. You know what it sounds like Gideon is like? It almost sounds like he acted like some kind of... Ah, uh, what's the word? 
primate would, you know? Like, if he was the head primate of, um, like, a bunch of primates. If he was, like, primate in charge. That's pr- he, he sort of acted like that, you know? Oddly enough. I know, it's a weird... I'm sorry, the parallel is a little out there. But, uh, but yeah, it's almost like he acted like some sort of an animal amongst animals who was, like, in a position of power. He decided to just have a bunch of babies with, with tons of wives. Could it be that maybe we're just uh, we're just primates? Maybe? Could nah. Nah. Never mind. Foolishness. I don't know why. And his concubine that was in Cheshire. Oh, he had a concubine too. Whoops. Well, I forgot. That just upped the son, the, the, the child count to like 200. She also bare him a son whose name he called Abimelech. And Gideon, the son of Joash, died in a good old age and was buried alongside his incredibly used penis. In a sepulcher of... I added that. That wasn't in the Bible. Uh, buried in the sepulcher of Joash, his father, in Ophrah of the Abiez rites. And it came to pass, as soon as Gideon was dead, that the children of Israel turned again and went whoring after Balaam and made Baal bereth their god. <laughs> and least surprising sentence I ever, ever read. Worthless chosen people. This is the most worthless chosen people I've ever heard of. And I've heard of a lot of chosen people, okay? This is not my first chosen people rodeo. And the children of Israel remembered not the Lord their God, who had delivered them out of the hands of all their enemies on every side. Neither shewed they kindness unto the house of Jeroboam, namely Gideon, according to all the goodness which he had shewed unto Israel. So their sacks of crap. And that's the end of our reading for today. Oh, okay. I want to keep it up. I want to keep it up. I'm definitely going to. I'm trying. I'm trying. Thank you for staying with me. Stay subscribed. Keep messaging me, commenting, writing reviews. It really helps. It makes me get off my butt. Well, I'm not really on my butt. I'm actually really busy. It's not just not just sitting around doing nothing. Um, But I definitely want to keep doing it, and I hope everybody's enjoying it and really appreciate the good feedback. So see you guys next time. Hopefully it'll be soon.